Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You're listening to Consensus Conversations 2023 by Coindesk. We're coming to you from the Brave podcast studio at Consensus 2023. Brave is the privacy browser used by almost 60 million people worldwide. It has everything you need to stay safe online. Check them out today at brave.com. All right, this is Consensus Conversations. We're here. It is April 26th. I'm currently in Austin. And sitting right next to me is Luke Molks, the Vice President of Business Operations at Brave. So, Luke. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Doing well. Really excited to have you on today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So you just got to Consensus. You've been in Austin for a few hours. How's it going so far? Good. You wouldn't think it's a bear market conference. <laughs> good to <laughs> There's know. There's a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Any sessions you're particularly excited about checking out? Or? Just, just kind of seeing like what's going on. Like a lot of it seems like infrastructure and things like that, but looking for companies we can work with, you know, with, with Brave and, and what we've got going on and, and just kind of getting the vibe with everything. Totally. Yeah. So let's chat about Brave more. Sure. Brave is a decentralized web browser. Yeah. How has big tech really dominated Web2? What's broken about this model and how is Web3 trying to fix it? Yeah, so like with Web2, everything became over-commercialized, right? Like where advertising became like, it started to kind of permeate everywhere. And that's where I worked in before I came to Brave was like I was very much in the bowels of like deep tech and advertising and all of that. And you went to see how advertising just kind of competed with content to when advertising kind of became the content. And so what we try to do is like, see if there's a new way that we can monetize the web and and put users interest first and uh, and not kill advertising but make advertising that doesn't collect your data and, uh, and and incorporate the blockchain and all the rewards you can get from all these things and then make web3 accessible for everybody and and so you do that by kind of wiping out all those yeah, players that are uh, or blocking all those players that are kind of collecting all your data without you knowing about it and then kind of building on that foundation um, with a privacy first kind of model that we have. Awesome, so I want to tap into that privacy element a little bit because yeah. that's a big reason why a lot of people even entered crypto in the first place and something that is sort of getting lost a little bit as companies are adopting Web3 and forgetting the ethos. So how is Brave really utilizing privacy and security when it comes to exploring the internet and you know, building out this next future through this web browser. Yeah, so like it, it, it gets down to the very core of the browser code that we have. So we use Chromium as kind of the browser code that we have. And we even like strip out stuff that phones home to Google there or we figure out ways to proxy it. So even at the core browser code, we do that. But then every site you go to, if you're using a different browser, it collects all the data that you're doing and kind of shares it with all these different uh, advertising companies that track you everywhere you go and make profiles of you and all of that stuff. Brave blocks all that stuff by default. So like if you're a publisher and you 
you have kind of a first party ad that you're promoting on your site that doesn't share all your data with everybody, then that's fine. But like we block all of those third parties that collect you your data and follow you around the web. And so the user has privacy by design with Brave. And then we built in an advertising model that it is privacy focused and doesn't collect your data. It works with the data that's already on your device instead of having to leak it out to all these companies you've never heard of. And so like even at that level, we're, we're thinking of like ways that you can monetize the web that don't involve collecting people's data. So I'm really curious, who are your users of Brave? Are they people who are very Web3 native or Web2 native who are testing out the platform? You know, what are, what's it like, you know, looking at the people who are actually engaging with it? Yeah, it's like we have a bunch of like survey data that we do all the time because we have advertisers and they need to know who our users are. It's, it's used like heavily mail, but like very tech savvy uh, lead users that are early adopters and like, you know, your family CTO, your friend CTO. It's the person you go to when you want to find out about like what's new. Like those are our users basically. And they've been big and we have big communities around these too, like with our token uh, bat and with, and with the browser itself. And so like a lot of our growth has been word of mouth, like over 90% of it's been word of mouth. And so like we have these early adopters that are coming in and, and learning about this and not all of them are using crypto either. Like some of them are into it for the privacy or for the security or whatever, or they just want something that's faster and easier. Um, and so we're starting to see kind of product market fit in different ways where, oh, well, I want to be able to watch videos without getting interrupted by ads, 12 pre-roll ads or whatever, you know, and then like, how can we build these functions in and kind of have product market fit that way too. We're seeing these in, in different regions, we're testing these things out and it's working pretty well, but I think, it's, it's interesting being a browser because it, you kind of have to appeal to everybody, um, whether your grandma could use your browser or your friend could use your browser or some DGen could use your browser, like anybody uses a browser. So um, I think there's a lot of value add in bringing these things to market because you get faster loading and, and save data on from the ads that you're blocking, things like that. So like all these benefits have like added value to the user experience too. So like it, it's been neat to see where it's at, but our user base is very much like early adopters and like, yeah, your, your fan, friend and family CTO kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when you were saying before how certain people are coming to Brave either for privacy or the crypto element, you know, as their greater journey in Web3, what's that reason for you? <laughs> oh, I, I came in for, for, I came in for all of it. Like, I mean, like I used Bitcoin like before I came to Brave and then, and I, but I was like, I was just fed up with where the advertising, cause I worked in advertising early on. And then as, as it got more and more like pollutive in the web, like, and then before you knew it, I'm like, okay, I don't really feel good about what I'm doing anymore because I was working between all these big media companies and Google and all these other ad stacks. And it's like, the amount of data that was getting collected was just like, it was gross. And like, and people had no idea. And, and so, the, my challenge was that I hadn't really seen anything that was, you know, net positive for like, okay, like not just getting around people's decisions, like there were companies out there that were like, oh, well, well, if a user's are using an ad blocker, we'll just serve an ad to them in this other way. And it's not really like that's going against the user's choice. But when I saw what Brave was doing, I was like, okay, here's something constructive. Here's something that's like thinking of this as like, what's the next phase that this could be where we're not having to be so predatory with everybody and people can have more agency. It's kind of like, returning the promise of the web back to where it originally was. Like, and, and because everything kind of went amok. And so like, it's it's just been about kind of resetting that for the users and kind of building for users first and then monetizing on top of that. Like, as we all want business to work on the web, like, and, and that's what, you know, but we also want users to get a cut of that too, because, you know, their attention is valuable, so. 
I want to tap into this advertising element. It's very yeah, interesting yeah. that you bring this up. I recently wrote a story about Web3 media and how certain companies are trying to build a model where they incorporate DAOs, NFTs into their content, into their content generation. And a, a topic that came up in some of those conversations was how ads are run in Web2 media and how you log on to so many sites and you're served ads that you don't want, that you certainly don't ask to be there and there's no real way to get around it. You know, you're constantly seeing ads. So I'm curious, you know, in bringing in this ad conversation, talking about Brave, what is the Web3 solution to this really when it, not just from, you know, a media standpoint, I mm -hmm. guess, because, you know, you can be an individual company that's kind of building your own thing, but then there might be a greater issue with the browser. You know, it's interesting to be talking about it in that context. because I never really thought that a browser could be more responsible for filtering out ads and really having a decentralized experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, how is that executed and really like, what's the value in that? I mean, like the browser is really the last line of defense for a user and, the web, the big tech, the browser's that window. That's kind of your gateway, right? And so when it comes to like how you can advertise, like our approach has been like, look, like serve ads through the browser instead of from the cloud. Because like when you serve from the cloud, all your data is going out to all those partners. So like I think with what Web3 can do is bring in like tokenomics and bring in all these different elements that weren't there in Web2 where you can generate value. Um, and, and Web2 is just very much like the value generation was all happening behind the scenes. Like, okay, maybe a user's interacting with an ad. Most of the time, they're not buying something from the ad. Like, conversion rates are really low, right? Like, so, so all this stuff's happening in this dark thing in the background, and users have no idea where their data's going. Like, I worked in this space, intimately in this space. Like, getting paid extra money to do weird things in this space, right? Like, uh, in the past. And I can't even tell you where all the data goes because it gets, you know, kind of passed around all in the background and all of that. And so, like, you have to start with something where users get respected and then you can build in these web three protocols and, and dApps and all these ways to generate value for users and creators and, and for these different group, uh, players in the ecosystem. And, and web three allows for that. Like it allows for a different type of value generation that you didn't get with web two. Totally. Yeah. So people who are interacting with Brave, you know, a lot of people who build Web3 products who are really familiar with these interfaces. So in the wake of the bear market, how have crypto companies expanded into a lot of these different product offerings? And why is 2023 the year for builders? Yeah, so like Brave, we have a multi-chain wallet that we've introduced and like our role in this space, like with the, you know, close to, we have 54 million monthly active users and, and 21 million daily active users, right? So like we bring like a different kind of a element to the space where we have like people that are crypto natives, but there's also people that are curious about this stuff. And so our role is to kind of like make things accessible, make all these different, you know, uh, blockchains in, in our wallet, like make a multi-chain wallet, make it so that Web3 is accessible and then kind of get out of the way. And so like we, it, because we have this kind of agnostic position, we can work with everybody pretty much. So like we've been working, especially right now when everyone's in builder mode, it's like, how can we either like surface your, your network to make it more supported? Um, how can we help promote what you're doing to our users? Because in a bear market too, that's when you're going to kind of like get more and more users on that are like focused on crypto. And it's less of a kind of a frothy fever pitch like it was in the bull market where everybody's just jumping into everything. And so we it, right now is a time where we're building more and then we're also working with builders on like how we can feature them and how we can, you know, collaborate with them, et cetera. Totally. It really is a time for builders. It's amazing to see how many new 
at Ethereum SDKs have been installed, you know, more people are building on smart contracts, deploying smart contracts. The data is there really showing that, you know, this the bear market is the time for Web3 builders. So speaking of projects that are kind of taking off or in the works in this time, where's Web3 gaming at? Something that I think about a lot and I really want to hear your perspectives coming from Brave, you know, with your different product offerings about, you know, supporting some of these games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a natural kind of fit in when, when stuff kind of moves from finance to like, gaming is like a natural fit for blockchain stuff because users are already familiar with it. Um, we started a partnership with Xborg. Uh, we're, we're helping to sponsor a bunch of the uh, esports tournaments that they're doing. Um, and then we also are working with gaming partners too, like EV.io and others to like uh, incorporate that or, or work with them on like promoting the games to our users because it's a really nice way to get mainstream people into crypto is like by introducing them in through gaming. And so we're going to get more and more involved with this. We worked at gaming parties, uh, companies in the past on this stuff. And so like right now, you're starting to see gaming pick up more and more, especially now that blockchain's more accessible and affordable. Like, cause that was what we used to get blocked on before was that it was just like, if it costs too much to play a game, no one's going to play it, right? Like, and now it's like, oh, well now there's better options. We can do things, people are doing things with rollups and you know, Solana's out there. Like there's all these different options now that people can kind of tap into. And now we have a wallet that'll support all that. Totally. Yeah. So switching gears from gaming to creator economies, NFTs, artists being empowered by Web3 tech, how is Web3 reinventing the creator economy and how is it reconnecting creators and fans? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Like we, we've been working with creators for a long time, like for since 2016, roughly. Um, and we have over 1.8 million that have verified with us to accept BAT in our ecosystem. And so one thing we're doing now that NFTs are out there, uh, it's creating communities out of your fan base, right? So like you can have NFT holders that are your fans. They can all get together and chat, like in chat rooms, Discord, et cetera. Um, and then um, you can start to untap that value too. The NFT brings, like artists can make more money through that. Um, you can get way more into like, you know, doing in-person events with NFT holders and, and kind of re-engaging with your community and, and turning your fan base kind of into a community where then everybody's advocating for you, right? Like, and so I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on what we can do with media, with NFTs and, and these things, but like the potential's there. Like, and we're working on like how we can kind of build that functionality in at the browser level too, because everybody's got a browser. Like, and so if you can make it all work through the browser as kind of the super app, then like we have this really nice accessible way to like just, make make it make the nfts work in the background without having to make it all about nfts like you can just make functional things with them that are helpful and and give value to users and creators so we have all these creators we're working with we're going to start to kind of like introduce them to NFTs. because a lot of them were people that like just were getting demonetized with youtube that and they would verify with us and get an extra stream of income and now we can kind of like be that technology partner for them that introduces them to all these web3 things so here you can get your web3 domain name you can get nfts like here's how nfts can work with you and kind of be that almost like an educational partner for them like uh, and a technology partner for them to get them involved doing these things with their audience Totally. So I like what you were saying about abstracting some of the big Web3 words and concepts and making it a user experience that is not only easy to onboard people, but also just kind of helps introduce people to a ton of different offerings and dApps and ways to engage with Web3. So in onboarding users to this experience, how do you educate them about a lot of these regimes in Web2 that are taking their data, that are serving them ads they don't want? You know, how do you really emphasize Brave's mission in the process of bringing people onto the platform because yeah. I think it's something people don't understand really. It's super difficult to explain to people. <laughs> like, like I, I don't like, blame it's, you. Know, like, like ad tech is like just this, this very big alphabet soup of acronyms that yes. are just it's, it's bad. I interned in ad tech a few years ago. Yeah. It was 
it was alphabet soup yeah, all over. It's horrible. But also, even like in the Web3 space, like we've done a really bad job of user experience and like it, everything is very super technical and overloaded and all of that too. For us, it's been very much like, look, like batteries included. Like, okay, before you might have to have like two or three ad blockers and extensions on your browser and, and all these doodads and whatnot. And with us, it's just like, how much of this can we just ship and have it just work? And then let people try it out. Like let people try something out for a week and then go back to their other browser. And then you realize, oh my God, like there's this endless battle between commerce and content that just, it just is a, it's just like running in the mud. It's not good, right? Like, and so for us, it's always been kind of playing off convenience, but like reminding users, hey, like you can earn from viewing ads with our system with a few clicks, or you can like, you can just have something that's like, here's, with what we do on our on our start page on the browser on the new tab page we have like this is how many ads and trackers you block this is how much time you've saved and this is how much data you saved and there are people that have been using brave for a long time where it gets into the days of time of time that has been wow. saved and you're like oh my god like this is really really a lot of time savings a lot of data savings etc so like it's how we can kind of communicate these things like the the value add that you get from having good privacy and security and you can't expect people to like learn every little opsec trick or or or, or turn every knob. You just have to start with it being private and then kind of go from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to go back to this onboarding question, you know, mm -hmm. not just in terms of Brave's mission, but actually onboarding people because I've interacted with Web3 browsers before, but you know, I am pretty Web3 native when it comes to, you know, how I'm going about testing out some of these, you know, this technology. So what does Brave do in order to help facilitate that process? And is there a certain sentiment in this onboarding question that you're really trying to break down and you know help just help facilitate it better i mean for us it's kind of a challenge because some people that are super into privacy aren't into web3 right and so like we have to kind of strike a balance where we're not beating people over the head with it too much because one they don't want that anyway like you're, you're you got to time it right and then what can the browser kind of infer from when you onboard extensions or bookmarks or things like that? If we can do that, if we can tell like, oh, a user's bringing on an, like a crypto extension when they're onboarding with Brave, let's show them an experience that's like a crypto-centric experience, like a Web3 experience. If they're not, let's show them something more that's a privacy experience, right? Like, and then, and then we can bake these things in. Like we have marketing channels in the browser. We have things that we can bug people with. And hey, you know, you could be earning while you're looking at this thing. And one thing we do is we have like a sponsored image that shows up every fourth image on, in Brave and that's on by default. And we, if you're not earning with it, we say, hey, you know, you can earn from viewing these ads and brave, like here's the process. So it's little ways to kind of nudge without like, people don't like being annoyed by things, especially when they're coming to you because they want to get away from like this overly commercial experience. So for us and like, especially on the business side, it can be a challenge where it's like, oh, well, like you don't want to, you want to market, but you don't want to be too heavy with it. But like, it's also like we're open sourced and very transparent and like user driven too. Like because we're not collecting this data on our users, we have to talk to them a lot. So like with us, it's always about being kind of open with it too. So there's a balance between like not being too marketing, you know, ish with them. And then also like getting feedback from them constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. So given everything we've talked about in terms of onboarding, in terms of creators, gaming, all of these different people who are entering the space and the different ways to bring them in, you know, what's coming next with Brave? You know, how are you embracing this crypto winter and continuing to build and 
bringing more people into the world of the decentralized web. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're digging in a lot more on the gaming side. Like I was saying, we're doing this uh, year-long partnership with Xborg to get into the esports and gaming side of Web3. Also, we've been doing like NFT collaborations. We did one in November um, on Solana. And, and one thing that's really cool is like our token BAT, it's on Ethereum, but because we have a multi-chain wallet, you can take it cross-chain. So like people can go mint BAT NFTs on Solana or on other blockchains too. So we're working on collaborations around that where we can start to build like cohorts of these collaborative NFTs where we can bring an NFT community and our bat community together and like grow these out into like a big cohort where then we can also like be like, hey, like you want to market to people with these NFTs and, and like involve them with what you're trying to promote too and kind of create a new way for brands to communicate with, with users. Um, but like, first off, you just got to do get, get the cohort built up. So we're doing more and more of these mints. We're getting into the gaming side of this more. We're adding more like features that are just user centric and easy for people to like automatically discover their assets. And like um, we've done things with, uh, with, with IPFS where it basically backs up the image of your NFT on IPFS directly through the browser. Like, so things where people might be concerned about like, oh, well, what happens if like a creator just ditches my image or whatever? Like, well, we back that up for you automatically. Like ways that we can, as a browser and as a platform, add value to users while also like kind of playing with the strengths of the technology, like super important for us. Awesome, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing all of that. Awesome. Luke, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for stopping by for yeah, an interview yeah, and yeah. enjoy the rest of Consensus. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yes, go for check me out the floor, go to some side events. It'll be, it'll be a good week ahead. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. having me on. Really appreciate it. Of course, it. of course, anytime.